It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 410 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Grand Slam. It is May 13, 2023, and this is Jen. I'm going to start off with a little bit of accessibility stuff that may or may not relate to just the server slam that was going on, but I think accessibility is important for people for many reasons. So here we go. There's a group called Can I Play That? And they are, they did announce on May 8th plans and awards for Global Accessibility Awareness Day. And so what they're doing is uh, posting content about games that, video games that have accessibility added to them so that, you know, you can have people that maybe have difficulty using a computer keyboard or difficulty with, you know, other systems that, you know, that can access these games and play them like everybody else. So I think that's cool. I'm not exactly sure which games they decided was a thing uh, to to choose. I think they have like extra, you know, other articles on this thing, but um, they're also, they also have a Patreon and things like that. I don't know much about them, but they did describe Global Accessibility Awareness Day, which is an awareness day focusing on digital accessibility and inclusion for disabled people. Uh, And it's sort of shrunk down to uh, Global Accessibility Awareness Day is G-A-A-D. So they're using that as an acronym. So G-A-A-D happens every year on the third Thursday of May. It is usually a day to advocate for and promote accessibility efforts. Of course, we will report on the news related to gaming leading up to and after G-A-A-D 2023. So I think that's good. I don't know which games they selected, but I like that it's out there. Inverse has an article um, about the game Grounded which has, I know, no relation to Diablo stuff, I know, but it's, uh, I haven't played it, I've seen people play it, it's one of these games where your character shrinks down to the size of a bug and then has to fight bugs and figure out puzzle-type things and gather stuff, and it's kind of neat to watch. It's not something I'm planning on playing anytime soon because Diablo 4 will be out. Fair enough, you know, right? So, Inverse calls this article Danger Dumplings, that's in quotes, how arachnophobia inspired a new type of gaming innovation. And so this game has spiders. It has very, very large spiders with very large legs, and they make sort of a scary noise. Um, I think some of them spit stuff at you as well. And the people that made this game didn't want people to be afraid, you know, like to, to not play the game because they're arachnophobic and they don't like spiders and it makes them scared whether, you know, if that's your phobia, that's your phobia, right? So here's a little bit from this article uh, about how to make it kid-friendly and stuff like that. Yeah, it found that the spider was, you know, elephant-sized compared to your characters and 
uh, that it was just too scary for what was otherwise a kid-friendly action-adventure romp. So here's a little more from this article. The solution was an an optional arachnophobia mode, which gameplay programmer Brian McIntosh developed in partnership with the Xbox User Research Lab. The mode gives grounded spiders a more friendly appearance, like two round blobs, but that wasn't Obsidian's first solution. Quote, Initially, I thought we could solve the problem by hiding a particular feature of the spider, like its legs, McIntosh tells Inverse. What we learned is that it's not one specific feature that causes the phobia reaction, but the player's holistic identification of, that's a spider. Using arachnophobia mode, players can manipulate a slider that gradually removes the critter's legs, fangs, and even a select number of its eyes. Spiders attack with the same aggression and damage regardless of appearance. With a simple fix, Obsidian turned a potential barrier to entry into a meme embraced by grounded fans who affectionately referred to the creatures as danger dumplings. They kind of look like two little blobs, right? The idea has caught on with other developers too. The new Star Wars game Jedi Survivor also offers an arachnophobia setting to make some of its aliens less spider-like. I think that's really cool that they thought about that and wanted kids to be able to access it. I mean, a lot of kids are afraid of spiders. I'm not. I think they're awesome. I've always thought so, but I get that there's a lot of people that that's their biggest phobia. So I'm glad that they put in some effort in, it sounds like, those two games to make it more comfortable for people who want to play. Xbox posted a thing titled Xbox Partners with USO to Support Military Service Members and Their Families. It's from May 8th. And it's written by someone who is an Xbox software engineer and a veteran of the United States Coast Guard and says, My passion is to connect the world through video games. In my lifetime, I have experienced an incredible shift in technology. goes on from there. Uh, Talks a little bit about all the consoles he's played. But what they're actually doing now is, um, in honor of military families and service members, here are some ways you can join us in supporting service members and their families. Uh, It's a USO that's a nonprofit and uh, it has a partnership with the military. And I think from the pictures in here, it certainly appears that they're finding ways to send things to the troops so that they can like play video games and just chill when they have downtime, I would assume. Um, So the USO launched its gaming program as another way to provide support to the troops. Recognizing the importance of gaming, the USO strives to create a comprehensive gaming program that captures a little bit of everything for everyone. Tournaments like Salute to Service Showdown give service members the chance to compete for an all in- for all-inclusive trips to the Super Bowl. The Department of Defense Education Activity eSports program enables military children the opportunity to compete against their peers in scholastic competition. Gaming Coffee Connections gives military families the ability to play games with others providing the opportunity to connect uso centers house gaming equipment giving service members the ability to play with family friends or step away from it all and jump into the latest single player story and i think that's really helpful because if you're in the military i think i'm not in the military i have some relatives that were in the military and I think your life is pretty much not your own entirely. You know, you're there, maybe, you know, you joined because you wanted to join, but there's probably a lot of really awful stuff that happens, especially if you're in a war zone or you could be sent to one or this sort of thing. So to give them something they can just chill with, I think is fantastic. And that's, that's what they're doing. It's really good. I think, it's a, I think of it as a kind of accessibility because it gives them something, you know, they can connect with their kids who maybe aren't where they're based at, you know, stuff like that. I think it's, I think it's a good thing and I hope they keep doing it. 
There's a little thing here from uh, Diablo Immortal, and it's titled Purge Your Sin with the Season 13 Battle Pass. This was posted on May 8th. Today's the 13th. I don't know if this is still around because I can't keep up with this game. It goes so fast. Yeah, so there's features in here. There's a heliquary that you can fill out uh, to get a heliquary gauntlet of some kind. I don't know if this is still live, but it's clearly based on... Diablo 4, you know, stuff and, you know, all the big bads, you know, from hell, that kind of thing. There's a raid, there's some class adjustments in there and stuff like that. I, I guess it's like, you know, there's an Accursed Towers thing they're trying to, to fix. There's an activity calendar you can look at in the game. There's some uh, cosmetics you can buy. You know, there's the Fractured Plane thing is back. I've tried that. That was kind of fun once. There's some other stuff going on. There's a Scorched Sea timed event. And that's, I think, my biggest problem with Diablo Immortal is the seasons run extremely short. And I get that in mobile games, maybe that's the way to go. But I can't keep up with it. I start it and then I move on to other things. You know, I, I have work I do outside of this podcast. I have, you know, I'm chronically ill all the time. I'm definitely disabled. Uh, I can't keep up with everything there. So... By the time I get back, it's like, oh, I missed, you know, half of this thing. And um, it's making me not want to play as much, especially since Diablo 4 is, you know, on the way. And I'll get into that in a little bit, too. There's a tweet on the Diablo account that was um, featuring Rod Ferguson. And he was talking about how playing a controller changes the Diablo 4 player experience. And I watched this, it's about a minute long on Twitter. And to paraphrase, I think he said something like, if you're playing on a computer, you're using your keyboard and you're telling your character where to go and what you want it to do. But if you're playing with a controller, which I think some I think it is possible to use a controller to play games on your computer, depending. But if you're doing it that way, then instead of just telling your character where to go and what to do, you become the character is what he was talking about. And I think that's cool because I think there's a lot of people that are going to be playing Diablo 4 on PC. And that's absolutely fine. If that's what they want to do, that's great. Go ahead, do it. But to have... You know, someone very important, like the manager of Diablo, say, hey, you know, using a controller is actually really good and really fun. That's kind of, in a way, giving accessibility to people like me that can't, you know, use a keyboard to play a game for very long. And it also is like dropping the stigma of, oh, you're playing with a, you're playing with a, you know, a controller, you know, kind of thing. And so I think that works out pretty good overall, but I mean, you do what you got to do to make it comfortable for you is the way it should be. And I think he's probably picked that up. I don't think he'd word it that way. And I never, I've never seen anything about him saying something like that, but it feels like this is an attempted accessibility. The Diablo account also tweeted, which class will you choose for the Diablo 4 server slam? Tell us in emojis. And so people were filling up their tweet with emojis and one of them has a ghost, a skull, and a skull and bones and just repeated over and over. And uh, the Diablo account said, did not get to the end, but we assume this is barbarian, <laughs> like died over and over. Someone says all of them. Diablo says the right choice. There's um, someone that filled their tweet with axes. 
And uh, Diablo says, ah, the gore, the glorious gore. And uh, Anna Cakes posted the skull and bones. And Diablo said, a fine army for a wielder of the dead. And it goes on and on. And then there's one who apparently wants to play the wizard class. So there's this little wizard holding like a, a staff. He's got a blue hat and a white beard. And the Diablo account responded with, Deckard Kane is not a class. <laughs> I just thought that was hysterically funny. On May 9th, they did uh, Diablo Blizzard Entertainment did post a developer update live stream, which is, you know, been and gone, but you can look at it on Twitch and YouTube. Now, I know that Twitch does not always hold on to the videos for very long. Uh, they're probably, I think maybe the person creating or the company creating the videos probably still have access to it, but it's not going to be super accessible immediately, you know, after like a few days or a week, depending. But it's also on YouTube. So if you go to the Diablo uh, YouTube channel, you can check that out. And obviously whatever else they come up with as time goes on. Pez Radar, Adam Fletcher, Global Community Development Director for All Things Diablo at Blizzard. And he wrote this, Today during the stream, which is the stream I just mentioned, someone asked if you could refund a seasonal blessing to get your smoldering ashes back and obtain a different blessing. The answer is, yes, you can, but there is a gold cost to do so, and it does increase every time you choose to refund. So that's kind of neat. Here's another person that had a question. Uh, if I can't complete the battle pass, will I miss out on the rewards I wasn't able to get? Or is there a system that allows me to activate previously owned battle passes? Thank you. Adam Fletcher says currently they are tied to completing battle passes before the new one begins. So this confirms there is a battle pass associated with Diablo 4. I'm not sure what I think about that because as I just said, I am not someone that can keep up with this as easily as many other people can, so I'm not sure what I think about it, really. I'll give it a shot and see what happens, I guess, when the game launches. Um, and there's other questions in here as well, so that's, that's uh, you know, they're actually answering questions, whether it's the answer people want or not, they're at least being honest. Wowhead has an article called Choosing Your Class for the Diablo 4 Server Slam, and it's got that part, it's part of this big uh, painting that has all the classes in there beating up demons and that sort of thing. Now, the server slam is going to end on the 14th with the last Ashava raid, which I'll talk about in a bit as well. So, this is specific to what class should you play and what do you want to do with that class while you're in the server slam, but it will also give you some kind of insight as to what class you might want to choose if you're unsure or if this is your first Diablo game. You can kind of do it that way. That's on Wowhead. And everything that I talk about in the show, um, with the exception of me babbling on about different things and trying to explain stuff, will be in the show notes. So if you miss it, you can still you know, find... Uh, find out what I talked about in, in this and I suspect that most of you are probably playing as much D4 server slam as you can because I know I did which brings us to a Blizzard article titled Help Us Gear Up for Launch During the Diablo 4 Server Slam from May 12 to May 14. Now I have seen online several people and just a variety of people that were not happy about the dates that were picked for this because in the United States at least and possibly other countries, that's the weekend for Mother's Day and a lot of people want to be with their moms for that, doing fun stuff. Um, or feel obligated to, depending on how, you're, how you and your mom get along, I guess. So they probably missed some of this stuff because it was on a major holiday for them. So 
it is what it is. Um, it's got some pictures here and stuff like that. If you've probably, if, if you're listening to this and you care, you've probably already gone in and done a lot of these things. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about it. I can tell you that the highest you could get in this particular server slam was level 20. That was all. And you can go fight a Shava with that, um, who is at level 25. And I'll give you some details on how that went for me for a while. I do not expect I'm going to get the mount trophy because I have gone in twice to do the Ashava thing, which started, I think it was today, the 13th. I think it started then. Yeah, I think that's when it was like really early in the morning, like 9 a.m. And we had like nine people maybe trying to do this, having no idea what this was going to be like because it would have been the first time players could fight Ashava in the server slam. Didn't go very well. With the first group, I think nobody really understood the mechanics of it or how much that thing could do. And I guess I'm talking about Ashava now, so here we go. We got it more than halfway down, and then there, there's a time limit. There's a very clear time limit on fighting Ashava. If you don't kill her before that, she disappears. She like goes back into this horrible-looking hole in the ground, and then it's done. Now... I just did it before this podcast. I just did it with a group of people and it was like nine or 10 people in there. Um, it was hard to tell because everyone's like moving around like you do. Like it reminds me of when you're going into a battleground in World of, War World of Warcraft back in the day and everybody's like bouncing up and down and, you know, doing silly things. It's kind of what was happening. This one, we had two necromancers. One had a whole bunch of skeletons. And the other one had some skeletons and some wraiths and we had a druid and a couple of barbarians in there i think we had a couple of druids and you will get killed by a shava but it's not permanent unless you're playing hardcore i would assume we weren't playing hardcore so you get hit by one of the effects that a shava throws and it can hit you and you're just dead and you have a little ghost sitting there now you got two choices you can uh hit a button and go to a spawning point get all of your uh health globes back and run in again and keep going or if you're still alive and someone in your group has died and you can reach them you can actually resurrect them from where they stand and that would be less time spent running from the spawn point to ashava we got this one down to a bubble and a half after like this group i don't think anybody knew each other to begin with at all um they were all some of them were playing with like the little um, uh speech things in the little circle just to be silly as we were waiting and hoping more people would come but we only had like nine or ten maybe and it's not enough for a shava when you're level 20 and a shava is level 25 i don't expect this specific structure will be in d4 in that way but i was just so proud of this group because nobody you know rage quit and left nobody stood on the side and said, I'm done. I don't care anymore. Everybody went running to try to resurrect the players that had died. Um, we kind of got it down into a pattern. The thing that I learned, I was playing a barbarian, of course. Um, the thing that I learned, if you can get underneath the Shava and just start, you know, hitting her, it's a lot harder for her to hit you with one of these like environmental effects that she's got going on. So that's that's a thing. It worked for me pretty well for a while. And I figure in the game, this will at least give everybody who tried an Ashava run in Server Slam to kind of have a heads up on people who didn't get in or didn't choose to get in or couldn't because they were with their mom, right? So um, I'm not normally a person that wants to do a big boss fight. So I'm kind of surprised about how much fun this is. 
if I hadn't gone into the server slam and the other previous things, I think Ashavo is only in, might only have been in the server slam. I'm not sure, but in any case, like it wouldn't have been my thing. It wouldn't have been like, yeah, that's the thing I want to gear up for and do. But it's so much fun, even if you don't, you know, win under these circumstances. We are at a disadvantage. We're five levels lower than this giant behemoth, but. It's really fun. The next one is going to come up. The next fight is going to come up in about um, 30 minutes from <laughs> me talking about it. And there's going to be the last one on the 14th at 9 a.m. So if you haven't done it and you're in there, give it a try. You got nothing to lose. And it's kind of fun, especially if you get a good team together like, like we did. I don't think anyone knew each other at all. I don't think anyone said, here's my crew. We're going together. I think we just showed up and we almost got her. Not bad for the bunch of strangers. Wowhead has an article that's titled NVIDIA Drivers Now Support DLSS3 for Diablo 4 Server Slam. Um, I don't know much about this, but they did something so you could use it well in the Server Slam, I, I, I guess. Also, I've been posting a lot of my little things about Server Slam on my Mastodon account, and I used a hashtag so that people that don't care about this didn't have to get flooded with this content. But I've been writing down just little insights and things like that. And the first thing I did was... I went on Twitter before this all started and said that I downloaded the server slam on Xbox S and um, I was going to play Barbarian. That's exactly what I did. But I've been um, doing non-spoily servers on... Or, I've been doing non-spoily little bits of information on there so that, you know, I can kind of tell the story of what my experience was and it's going to end up being in a blog post on Book of Gen at some point. But it's just been really fun to kind of do that. I did that with the other two betas and things like that. And I just, I don't know, I guess I'm a writer by nature, so I wrote stuff. Nothing that would be a spoiler. There's another tweet here from Rod Ferguson and he said, PSA Diablo 4 Early Access for Deluxe and Ultimate Edition starts on June 1 at 4 p.m. PT. Main launch starts on June 5 at 4 p.m. PT. We use June 2 and June 6 for marketing because that's when it's available everywhere globally. So there's that. I bought the lowest box because I don't really need all the cosmetics, in my opinion. That said, there were three people in the Ashava fight that I was in that had those, I, I guess, just for buying that, I think. And they had these like wings sprouting out of them that looked like Anarius's wings, but not as cool, in my opinion. But, you know, when you're standing next to a giant monster you're trying to fight, are the wings that important? No, <laughs> you know, but it was just just fun cosmetic things. Yeah, to get the Ashava trophy thing, you have to reach level 20, which I hope everyone on the server did by now, and go kill Ashava, and man, we got close. So I'm gonna be happy enough with that, but I will try to go in in a little while and see if I can do it again. Uh, Dreadscythe, y'all know Dreadscythe, right? He does some amazing things with intricate detail about the Diablo games, and he's got a YouTube video up that's about 22 minutes long about Paragon boards. Now, I haven't had a chance to look at this because, as I said, I've been playing in the server slam for way too many hours, but I know from reading a lot of his other stuff from the past and other Diablo games that he's really good at this and knows what he's talking about. So if you're not sure what you want to do with the Paragon after you figure out which character class you're going to play, I assume, I would recommend watching this video. It is on YouTube, and stuff on YouTube does stay a lot longer than on Twitch. And Wowhead also has some information about that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that Dreadsight really digs deep into these things, so I think he's the one you probably want to learn this from. But if that's not your thing, or if you need, like, 
I know that there's people that are like, okay, yeah, I'll watch the video. That's going to make it clear for me. That's great. But that's not for everybody like that. So this is written down. So you got two ways of having it accessible to you. And that's pretty much where I'm going to end the show for now. You have been listening to episode 410 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.